Hello, hello. This is Brooke Devard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. What a treat this was to talk to the incredible players of the WNBA. I have so much respect for athletes. I was an athlete in high school. I did track. I did swimming. Notice neither of those are team sports. That's like a whole different discipline. But these conversations just left me in awe of these women. Not only their dedication to their sport, their discipline, which you're going to hear a lot about, but the beauty, like the beauty regimens, the beauty routines, the products they're using, the products they're making. I did not expect that. I also want to acknowledge how overdue I am for a conversation like this. I have been wanting to interview athletes for a long time, but the way that this came together was just too perfect. And I want to do some quick context setting. The WNBA founded in 1996, first game in 1997. Millions of people watched the games. There are 12 teams, 144 players. And in 2020, 29 of those 144 women competed in the Olympics. These are world-class athletes doing incredible things on and off the court. What struck me is you have these incredibly inspiring women. And until Glossier first reached out to the WNBA, there wasn't a single beauty brand that had ever thought to sponsor the WNBA, to work with the players, to be the face of their campaign. I mean, that is just incredible to me. But I think it also reflects the beauty industry, which I believe holds itself to a very high standard in terms of inclusivity and likes to think of itself as very inclusive and forward thinking, still has some blind spots. And there are beauty icons or could be or would be icons that are still being left out of the beauty conversation. And at the end of this episode, you're going to hear from Roya, who leads strategic partnerships at Glossier, about how this partnership came to be. And you'll immediately understand that this was a very thoughtful collaboration. It was such a pleasure to speak with Natalie Achonwa, an athlete that's been doing incredible things both on and off the court. And the fact that she has a four-month-old baby boy is just incredible to me. When we had this conversation, she was coming back from practice had her son taking a nap, then doing the interview. Like, I just, I'm in awe of all of the ways that these women are able to stretch themselves. She also introduced hitting the majors to me, which is a term that I will be using often. Let's get into this conversation with Natalie. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Natalie, welcome to Naked Beauty. I'm so excited to have this beauty conversation with you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to share my little knowledge, but it's actually grown over the years. So I'm really excited to see what we can chat about today. 
Yes. And I feel like you really just give new definition to this term working mom. Like I think about when I was on maternity leave, which involved truly lying on a couch most of the day and breastfeeding, which took every ounce of energy I had. Like I did not do anything else, but like breastfeed and try to stay alive. And then you mentioned that you've had practice and you have those four month olds. Like, yes. Are you on maternity leave right now? I'm technically on maternity leave, but I've started to train again. So as I started to train, I was literally trying to explain to my teammates that I was like, this is like one of four jobs because especially as an athlete, eating and calorie intake is huge part of it. And so now not only am I trying to eat my for myself, but I'm also eating enough to breastfeed and then minimal sleep and then add on the job of pumping so that I could leave milk for him. And then then we get to the basketball and the running and the sweat. It's unbelievable like what you're doing. I'm like just so in awe. Talk to me about your pumping journey. That for me, breastfeeding and pumping was very difficult. I went through several different pumps. I had to try to figure out the right pump. Like how has it been going for you? And also if that's not too sensitive to ask, because I know that it's also a very emotional journey, the whole breastfeeding milk supply. For me, it was emotional because I didn't have enough. So it was hard. Yeah. For me, I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of friends that have kids already and a lot of new moms and athlete moms. So I was kind of able to lean on them before I even got to the point of starting my own breastfeeding journey. So they sent me all the pumps and all the recommendations and all the things, pelvic floor therapy. So all the mom things I got before Maverick was even born, but I didn't really need to put it into practice till I started training again. So I have both like a portable pump and then I have, of course, like my at home uh, hospital grade pump that I use to get my most of my supply and then stockpile in the fridge. I actually had to buy another deep freezer for my milk oh my I overproduce. So uh, that's a great problem to have. It's like a blessing side. and a curse, though, because it's yeah. great to overproduce and have that milk to be able to feed him. But the time consuming aspect of it, of course, the constantly engorged feeling um, and then feeding him and then having to still pump uh, the hours that it takes. It's like I said, its own job. So very fortunate that Maverick gets to have uh, breast milk as that was part of my goal, but it definitely takes up a lot of energy and time. That is just incredible. Well, before before the WNBA and Maverick and everything you're experiencing now being in the Glossier campaign, I want to hear about what your relationship to beauty was like growing up. Did you feel beautiful growing up? I also know you're from Canada. What yeah. was beauty culture like there? I grew up in such a multicultural community. I'm biracial. My father's Nigerian and my mom is German-Canadian. So not only with beauty, but complexion, um, there's a lot of depth to my relationship with that. Uh, starting off at a young age and just being aware of race, I think, very early and what that looked like for me and trying to find my own identity was huge. Sometimes not being dark enough for the black community or not being light enough for the white community and kind of just what beauty meant in that was a lot for me. So I kind of had to define my own. And that's where I really took onus in my skin and my hair and trying to be creative and to be unique in that. So it's been quite the evolution of just being comfortable in my own beauty Um, and then throw athletics in there where it's not always a focus or it's not always allowed to be a focus. Uh, Sometimes it's if you are too concerned with beauty, then it's like you're not focused enough on basketball or if you're not focused enough, it's, oh, uh, no one watches women's sports because no one's pretty. And so there's so many dynamics that go into being 
saying that? Say that? Do people say that, that no one watches women's sports because they don't look pretty? That like makes me so mad to hear. I mm, don't even want to get into the depths <laughs> of the comments because it's maybe people watch basketball more if uh, it was lingerie basketball or if they wore tighter jerseys. And over the years, we have gotten everything <laughs> analyzed in every way on how apparently we need more uh, views by working on our beauty. But then when we focus on beauty, it's we're not focused on being athletes. So you can't win in the patriarchy. You can never win. <laughs> right. Well, I do want to hear about how your passion for basketball grew. Like, what was that journey like to becoming a professional player? I actually, like I said, my father's Nigerian. So I actually started playing soccer first or football uh, in the African community. Uh, but I had a growth spurt going into the sixth grade. So I was like five, seven. And my basketball coach was like, hey, you should try to play basketball. You're kind of tall. And so I picked up a ball. I was terrible, um, but I was very competitive and determined. And that's where kind of the love for the game grew. And then I started into play with Team Canada and our uh, Canadian Basketball Federation. And from there, I got recruited by the University of Notre Dame, where I spent four years, college career, four Final Fours, go Irish, uh, all those good things. And then I joined the WNBA um, with the ninth pick to the Indiana Fever, spent six years there. And then in free agency, I joined the Minnesota Lynx, where I am now a current player on maternity leave. That was the short that was the short Cliff Notes version of the career. (laughs) So do you live in Minneapolis? I was born in Minneapolis. Typically during the season, I would be in Minneapolis for season, but I had Maverick in Indianapolis where I live in the off season. This is where I kind of like made home base being from Canada. Uh, Then when I went to Notre Dame in Indiana and then I played in Indiana originally. So I kind of made this home. And then typically I go to Mini for a first season. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. Do you you like Minneapolis? I love Minneapolis in the summer. I'm a great outdoors person. I have two dogs. So we like to do all the dog parks, the, the lakes and everything. So I have spent a little bit of time in the off season, which is the winter there. And even being from Canada, everyone's like, don't you like the cold? You're from Canada. And I'm like, no, I just likes the cold. I just better prepare for it. But Minnesota is something different. It really is. But you know what I love about Minnesota? How kind the people are there. You know, they come yes. out like kind. It's, it's like Canadians, right? I mean, yes. you see the stereotype of Canadians is true that they're generally nice people. Uh-huh. We say sorry, plenty. And it's, it has to be like a northern thing because technically I think Minneapolis might even be more north than where I was from, like outside of Toronto uh, growing up. So <laughs> I like that theory. Well, I was looking at your Instagram account, which for everyone listening, fabulous follow. You really switch up the hair like and I love it. Like you're always rocking a different hairstyle, a different protective style. You've got these gorgeous cornrows. And today it looks like cornrows in the front with like twists in the back or these box braids in the back. I got some not. Yeah, I got some knotless in the back with some like cornrows in the front. Uh-huh. Gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah. You decide what style you're going to do. And have you always wanted to switch up your hair a lot? You know, I always have to like plan an entire day and weeks in advance on deciding what to do with my hair because one, I love the like different styles. I love to be able to switch it up and sometimes rock my curls, sometimes straight. I am not afraid of a little sew in once in a while. But the issue is, is like the sweat and the working out. So 
I want like a cute little straight style. And I'm like, okay, 24 hours. What can I get done in 24 hours before right. this gets sweated out? So lately, the past couple of years, especially in the summer, I've been a braid girl. So knotless, I mix it up. Um, I tried some faux locks, really just to be able to keep my hair, like you said, protective styles and and whatever's going to last the longest. Uh, because always on the go too, there's no time to set a whole day for like wash day <laughs> aside. Absolutely. And especially with the newborn too. I mean, you just don't have that time to be doing your hair every day. Like as soon as I pretty much pregnancy until birth, I was like braids, braids, braids. Oh yeah. I, I had a, I got my hair straightened just to get it cut two weeks ago. And then I woke up every day and I'm like, do I put a brush through it or do I just throw it in a ponytail? And the ponytail won most days. <laughs> yes. And of course it, it's gone too. It's gone too. <laughs> Well, I'd love to hear how you care for your skin while you're playing and practicing because I imagine you're sweating a lot and you have such gorgeous skin. Like I'm just amazed at how seemingly like poreless and like perfect. <laughs> you have what they say like in, in K-beauty and Korean beauty, they always talk about like glass skin, like perfectly reflective, smooth skin. So I just like, I need to know the skincare that you're using and how you approach your skincare. So for me, especially with working out, like I work out right now, like two to three times a day. And and on top of that, like the sweat and the multiple showers, using a lot can be harsh on my skin. So I tend to do almost the minimum for a while. Actually, it was soap and water. Everyone always says, why is your skin so nice? And I'm like, soap, water and minding my business is why my skin's clear. But <laughs> now, um, as I've kind of gotten older, I've really just tried to focus on actual products and things that are going to be good for my skin. So I'm constant with like a face wash. And normally in the morning and at night, I do like a little bit of a deeper one. So Jan Marini is the brand that I use for a face cleanser. And then in the morning, I'm putting on like an Olay moisturizer and then sunscreen. Shout out to my best friend, Dev, because I never used sunscreen. And she was like, that's how you get rid of. I had a lot of like acne scars on my chin from growing up. Um, yes. And she was like, that's how you get rid of them. And you're darkening them in the sun. So shout out to her because I never knew that you were supposed to wear sunscreen every day. So oh my gosh, <laughs> Dev pointed you in the right direction. What's your go-to sunscreen? Um, I actually use the Glossier Invisible Shield. It's like a broad spectrum, 35 um, SPF. So I've normally put that on top of my moisturizer, especially because the Olay, what I use only has like 15. So I normally just throw that on on top of it afterwards. I love it. You got to protect the skin. Yes. Well, I'd love to hear what it was like for you to be part of, this is your second Glossier campaign. You are part of the original Body Hero campaign in 2020, which I love so much. The creative for that was just incredible. But now you're in the new Stretch Foundation campaign. What has it been like? Well, maybe take me to the first one. I want to hear what the first one was like before I hear about the current one. Well, that was a crazy time because that was also during our wobble season. So it was like the height of the pandemic and we were playing our WNBA season in a bubble, in a sense, in uh, Florida. And so being a part of that Glossier campaign, it not only was like a great relief on something else to do and to uh, kind of focus on, but also being part of a campaign of like products that I've used naturally. It just felt so authentic. And the Body Hero campaign was so powerful, so true to an athlete in a sense that it was defining beauty, a lot of Glossier campaigns, but defining beauty in a different way. And that there's beauty in everybody, different shapes, sizes, complexions. And so that's why when they called again for this new one, I was like, of course, um, it really stands true to who I am in accepting and loving everything about me and the uniqueness of everybody. 
Yeah, so it was such an incredible campaign. And what was it like kind of being on set? Had you had opportunities to be on set and do kind of modeling things in the past? A little bit. Uh, normally, like one-off photo shoots is kind of typically what I do. Um, but this glossier one for the new line, the stretch complexion line, was the first trip away from my son after he was born. It's going to like go down in, in my history of things yeah. because one, I wasn't really working at yet. And um, when Glossier called, I was like, this is something that I would actually leave my baby for. So it was great. It was outside. And like, there's going to be no touch ups, no anything, because it was just once again, true to Glossier's like, you look good in who you are and, and not filtering uh, who you are, or what you look like. Yes, it, it's such a beautiful campaign. And the natural beauty just shines through pregnancy. Now, Again, I'm looking at you as someone with perfect skin and pregnancy oftentimes throws people's skin out of whack. But you were also, you know, as an athlete, maybe you felt better prepared for pregnancy. I don't know. What was your pregnancy like both on your body and for your skin? And mentally. It was a whirlwind of emotions. I think that was the biggest one was me for me is like the hormonal emotional part. Yeah. I also when all my friends see Maverick now and they're all like, oh my gosh, now I have baby fever. Like, how was your pregnancy? And I always have to remind them like, my pregnancy is not maybe the typical one. And everyone goes through a different experience because mine was pretty much a breeze. I played through my first trimester. I played in the World Cup with Team Canada. I didn't have any nausea um, or throwing up. I just kind of got a bump. I wear oversized hoodies and sweatpants anyway, so I didn't buy any maternity clothes. It just kind of wow. fit. Um, and I took my prenatals and I went to my appointments. So I was like, guys, that is friends that, that threw is. up every day. Yeah. yeah, it's not normal. That is not normal. Okay. Wow. I know. And I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of scared because like even my birth, I like pushed for 15 minutes. I did pelvic floor therapy before while I was pregnant. So I'm kind of nervous because I'm now now I'm like, oh, this was easy. Let's pop out three more kids. And then Maverick oh. reminds me at two o'clock in the morning why I'm not going to pop out. <laughs> yeah, the, the sleep deprivation is real. Do you think, though, that because you have such physical endurance and you, you practice so much that maybe things like labor and delivery felt easier for you because you you're conditioned, right? Yeah, I definitely think so. Because um, even my doctor made the comment, she's like, well, any more athletes in, in the delivery room. <laughs> so I know I understand it's not the norm. And also to give myself a little credit too, I did, like I said, focus on the pelvic floor therapy while I was pregnant. I know a lot of people start to do that afterwards now, but pushing techniques, I did all the classes. So I did, I feel, prepare myself as much as I could. And so the endurance of being an athlete also, and the focus, I think, because it was... I was thinking fourth quarter, the game is on the line as I'm pushing this child out. So that was my mentality. (laughs) (laughs) So incredible. Now, you mentioned playing your first trimester. What was it like playing with your baby inside? (laughs) Like, what was that like? Different. I definitely felt the physical aspect of while I was still playing as my... uh, PT refers to it. I used to constantly say it feels like my vagina is falling out. So (laughs) there's that. The loosening of the ligaments and all that I was feeling definitely as I was playing through that first trimester. Uh, But it was 
the World Cup and representing Canada and the opportunity to wear a Canadian jersey is something I do not take lightly. So I knew that as long as I cleared it with my doctor, actually my doctor and my head coach were the only two that actually knew I was pregnant. So I didn't want it to be an excuse um, or I didn't want it to be anyone to take it easy on me or anything like that. I knew that for me, if I was going to be 100% there in the moment, um, I needed it to just everyone look at Natalie as Natalie, the athlete, not Natalie, the pregnant athlete. So I uh, cleared with my doctor and pooped. <laughs> Incredible. It seems like people are paying more attention to the WNBA now, which great as they should. It seems like for a while the WNBA wasn't getting all the attention it deserves and it probably still isn't getting it what it deserves. But I'm wondering from your perspective, how you've seen that change. Do you feel like more and more people are starting to understand how incredible it is what you all are doing on the court and paying more attention? I am a firm believer in not only representation, but also opportunity. For such a long time, you couldn't even watch the WNBA on TV or anything. I grew up, like I said, in Canada. So I grew up watching the Raptors. I didn't even know what the WNBA was or that it existed until later in my basketball career. And that's because games are on TV in America, let alone in Canada. And so now we see this popularity rise, but at the same time, people have the opportunity to watch the WNBA. People have the opportunity to buy merch. Maybe still not enough. I'm going to give a little, hey, we still need more games on TV. Hey, we still need more opportunities to buy merch because people always ask me, where are your jerseys? And they're not online to buy. So once again, it's like a balance between accepting the growth and loving the growth of the game and our league, but not settling and accepting where we're at. So pushing the status quo has always been a firm thing that we've tried to do as athletes. And we love where we're at, but it's still not good enough. Yeah. You mentioned that the games are on television now and that growing up, you were able to watch the Raptors. I know you were the youngest person to join Team Canada at 16, right? Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so it must have felt really good for you to represent your country in, in the World Cup. But do you think that there's also going to be more young girls that are interested in becoming basketball players because they have that visibility now? They see like there are incredible women like me on the court doing doing their thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. We had this past spring, the first WNBA game ever in Canada, in Toronto, uh, Minnesota Lynx. My team played Chicago. So that was a month after Maverick was born. So we flew up there just to sit in the arena because it was such a monumental moment. And like you said, little girls being able to see firsthand what they can be is so important. And it's not just to see us as basketball players, but to inspire girls and boys to to see women in powerful, leading, competitive, gritty positions. And I think basketball teaches you so much. And so for girls to see us in these roles is so important. And then once again, boys to see women in these roles is so important as well. And it's not just that the women of the WNBA are basketball players, like mothers, once again, uh, business owners. We're one of the most educated professional leagues in the world because you have to be either four years out of, out of uh, college with a degree or 22 the age of the draft. So the athletes are so complex that you see women in these roles and anyone can find some kind of inspiration um, from somebody's story. But once again, it comes back to the visibility and the opportunity. We need media to continue to tell our stories and 
and talk about us and games need to be on TV so girls and boys can see us. Um, but I love the path that we're going in that um, we can inspire so many from something so simple like a child's game, putting a orange ball in a hoop. <laughs> and I'm so happy you brought up this point about boys seeing it too, right? It's not just about young girls seeing it, it's about everyone seeing this. Mm-hmm. So my next question for you, it's, it's going to be a two-part question. The first part of the question is, how do you balance motherhood with your career as an athlete? Woo! Uh, the second part of the question is, does that question I just asked bother you because men are not asked how they juggle mm-hmm. fatherhood with being a player? I wrote the question... Mm-hmm. I was looking at all the questions and I said, you know what? I bet people do not ask men that play in the, in the NBA how they balance fatherhood with being an athlete. So I'd love to hear your perspective on both of those answers. You know, when I figure out how to completely balance and do these things, I will let you know. I am still new to the game and still trying to figure it all out. It is, I keep saying, the most like rewarding challenge I've ever been through um, and in motherhood. Like I said, I haven't figured it out. I mean, I think about sport and something that I've done so long and like some of the major things that I've learned in sport, like in one being like time management. And now I think about having a son and I used to throw my shoes in the in my bag and head out the door. And now I'm like, did I pump? Does he have enough milk in the fridge? Have I eaten is a big one that I never thought, especially as a foodie, I would have to double check. <laughs> and now I need shoes. I need a portable pump. I need all the things just to go to practice. So it definitely is balance. I am not a master of it yet, but when I become one, I will let you know because that is the competitive nature in me. Eventually, I will figure it out. You're going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. And the second part to your question, does it bother me? Uh, I kind of realize it's the reality. Uh, I think going through this experience myself and understanding that the primary parent is most of the time default the mother. And men's lives don't really change as much when you have a baby, to put it lightly. Um, I would agree. Even for the most involved dad, you know, like there are dads that are just doing, you know, so involved, so helpful, but it's just from a hormonal and physical and just the way that your life just completely changes once yeah. that child is born. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, probably not as much. Okay. So no, like no matter how helpful they are, there's certain things that cannot be removed off of the mother's plate. And that's just the reality of it. I mean, you can't breastfeed Maverick. Like there's just like a lot of things that mothers just have to take on. And so I'm not surprised that men don't necessarily get the question as much as uh, as women do in the men of the NBA. But hey, maybe we should start asking the men of the NBA. Yes, yes. If I, if I ever interview uh, a man in the NBA, I'm yeah. going to be sure to ask how how things changed uh, once they had a child. Yeah. Do you do any rituals before or after games, whether that's just a personal ritual or a beauty ritual? Do you have things that you do before and after games? I'm trying to think of what I think it was college, maybe when I really started to pay attention, maybe to more like a beauty routine before games. Because um, when I was younger, it was just like. Am I wearing pigtails today or am I wearing a ponytail? Do I have beads in my hair? Or like it was pretty basic. Um, but I think it was when I got to college, I still started to realize that the two could overlap. Like we're having a beauty routine and then also having like my pregame routine um, for being on the court. So I normally just hit the majors when I'm playing. I like to keep my skin as clear and clean as possible. So I typically don't put on like any kind of foundation or anything like that. But I hit the majors, which is for me at least is my brow my lashes and my lip. 
And so, and most of the time I've really full brows. So it's not even like a pencil. It's like a brow gel, uh, maybe a tinted brow gel. Uh, a waterproof mascara because you know sweat and all the things and then something because nobody likes ashy lips and a little touch up here or there is like the most like whether if I have a breakout or now once again motherhood means these bags under my eyes I normally put a little concealer but that is not only like my pregame but that's pretty much like my go-to beauty routine is just like hit the majors the brow the lashes and the lip I love that term the majors I'm going to start using that (laughs) I'm need to know your waterproof mascara because I know with the way that you sweat, you probably, this is like a a tried and and true and tested product. Yeah. You know what? The lately I've been using the Wander Beauty Mile High Club and that one I I like because it gives me the length and also a little bit of tint to it. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, is that one waterproof because I started using that after I had Maverick and I'm like I haven't sweat with it on yet so okay so that's what I'm using now uh, okay that's when you're using now any I'm like makeup faves makeup faves so for my like I said I hit my majors my brows my lashes and my lip and so for my brows I use Glossier boy brow normally the brown because it gives a little tint and then um, like I said right now I'm using the Wander Beauty Mile High Club uh, for my lashes and then a lip is honestly whatever's in my car um but sometimes it's the aquaphor yeah i love i love aquaphor now have you tried using your nipple cream yet for lip balm that's a big hack that a lot of new moms do i did not hear that one (laughs) interesting i mean it kind of makes sense okay i look at me i learned something new and i still (laughs) use some of my like maternity products anyways like i have like still like my freedom mom like stretch mark stuff that i still use and in my shower and stuff so i have a nipple butter that i use before i pump i'm gonna try that on my lip it makes sense it's kind of like the same it totally makes sense. Yeah, it is that. Hair care faves. Do you have hair care that you just like always use, always have in your shower, always part of your wash day routine? Well, like I said, in the summer, it's like huge on the braids. So I normally just do a little like swoop de doop on the edges and uh, Murray's Edge Wax, the extreme hold is what I normally use. I wish I was like a little better at being like creative with the swoops, but it's normally just like a little baby edge brush and a little curl pattern. And actually one of my friends here in Indianapolis has her own hair care product, HBH, Hello Beautiful Hair, and she makes me hair products. So um, when I have braids in, it's a big like oil on the sculpt kind of vibe. So I use her sculpt elixir and then I just rub it in my scalp. I love that. It's so important to keep your scalp healthy while you still have braids in. It's like protect. I always have to remind myself protective styles isn't just like a break from caring for your hair entirely. Like you still have to put in that work to make sure your hair stays healthy. I'm constantly reminding myself that because I'm like, mm, don't want to brush my hair anymore. Let's throw some braids in. And then I'm like, oh, I don't have to brush my hair. But like you said, I still have to put my uh, leave-in conditioner in and oil my scalp and all the good things. All the good things. I did slightly brush past your concealer choice because I really want to know what concealer you love using, especially as a new mom not getting a lot of sleep. It's coming out. Glossier is going to be releasing their stretch balm concealer and it's like a little finger palette thing and it makes it so much easier too because I'm not worrying about like the liquid and and dabbing here I literally just 
stick my finger on it and rub it under my eyeballs. So that, I think it's going to be coming out soon. Um, part of their new line that's coming out, um, Stretch Ball. So uh, look out for that one. But that's my favorite. It's super light and it doesn't feel like I'm caking or like I get the creases under my eyes and stuff that's, when I'm covering up my dark circles. I need that. I need that. And I think by the time this comes out, that will be available. So I won't. Make oh, is it? Okay. I was like, oh, I was like, <laughs> I'm over here like, am I giving up the secrets or no? <laughs> no, no. This is okay. this is amazing here. Okay. So that so that's what you use for under eyes. And when you were when you were on set for that campaign and doing kind of the the makeup, which was a very subtle, like just you, but more, you know, slightly more glamorous version of yourself, but not like this full transformation. Did that just feel great? Because I feel, you know, we've all had the experience of going to get your makeup done and someone makes you feel like just once you have a mask on, like it just doesn't feel good. Uh, what was it like having your makeup done on set with such a natural creative direction? Well, that like I said, that was my first trip away from my son and also probably the first like putting real clothes, on, like let alone getting all completely glamorous. But it was like the first time wearing things that weren't like sweatpants and a clean shirt. Um, So Maverick was only a month old. So sitting in that chair and just getting glammed on, uh, it, it truly felt amazing. We shot outside as well, so super natural. And I just remember taking all the photos and all the videos and just the glow of my skin was like, whoa, I'm extending pregnancy glow here um, is basically what it felt like. But super natural, super light where it didn't feel like I was being transformed. It just felt like I was highlighting what was already there. Yes. And have you had the unfortunate experience of having your makeup done and it's just not right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Speak up, like especially because you know you have to control your image, right? So if you're doing like shots for press, like do you have to say? And and I know you're also like good at your own makeup, so. Are you like, let me just get in there and fix it up? I I can think of one time where it was just, it was my brows and I have really full brows already. And so the artist, makeup artist had gotten a little too heavy. And so after I was done, I like went back to the locker room and I like took off half of it as much as I could without ruining the rest of my makeup because the rest of it was pretty good. Um, but nowadays I... I try to be like proactive. So if I see something that's going on or about to start that I'm like, "Mm, this is not me, I will try to say it before the work gets done. And I've also learned to like reference pictures are are a great thing. So when someone asks like, how do I like my makeup? I might not be able to explain it in like the most professional makeup artist terms, but I have a picture from a shoot that I did and that I loved. And I'm like, hey, this is my face. This is how I like it. Can you do something like this? And I found that that's been the easiest way for us to be on the same page um, because ultimately it's not that someone maybe did your makeup wrong they just did it in a way that you don't like it and so I try to make it easiest on both uh, me and my stress level pre-shoot um, to just kind of be as forward as I can. That's such a great tip like no, no one can get confused about a picture we're all on the same page because we've got a visual aid. Yes yes I'm big on visual aids. How do you practice self-care with such a busy schedule? Oh five minutes wherever I can that has been a uh, uh, especially mommyhood now. It's whenever I have the five minutes to have a coffee by myself, I find the post-workout sit in the car has been actually something throughout my whole career before I even had a baby. And I didn't realize it was a self-care moment for me. Um, But after I get back from a workout, I typically like sit in my car for five minutes in my garage and not really doing anything. Sometimes I might just be listening to music. Sometimes I might be scrolling on Instagram. Sometimes I might be 
just breathing. Um, but it's like five minutes to myself. And uh, that's been a huge one throughout my career. But now in mommyhood, it's just sneaking five minutes whenever I can to do whatever I need to. That's not work. It's not putting laundry in. It's not cleaning up. It's not anything I have to do. It's just five minutes to breathe. And that is the self-care that I need to keep going. I love that. And it's such an attainable tip too, right? Like we all have five minutes just to reset and do something for ourselves. That's not an errand or something on our to-do list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because sometimes it's hard to find time to like do the extravagant things like as much as I would love an hour bath or as much as I would love to go get a massage or as much as I would love like 30 minutes to meditate. The reality is the way my schedule is set up. I don't necessarily have the time um, and it creates more stress on me trying to find the time because then I'm even when I'm relaxing or meditating, I'm thinking about the hundred item long to-do list that I have. So I kind of like breaking it down to these little like five minutes in in my mind. It's like, it's just five minutes. Uh, you can have five minutes to yourself. Yes. Yes. Very, very powerful framing device for thinking about taking care of yourself in bite-sized pieces. Yes. My final question for you is, when do you feel most beautiful? You know, post sweat, I feel the most beautiful. And it's kind of like weird to say, because normally that's when you're like the grossest. <laughs> but it's a truly like raw moment for me in that I've worked my body, I've stretched my body, I've sweat my body. And here I am unfiltered. And and honestly, with a little extra glow, like if you hit the sun right after you worked out, like your right. skin looks really good. <laughs> and that like, sweat double as a highlighter. Exactly. Highlighter. And then, like, you know, the rosy cheeks is like a natural blush. <laughs> exactly. But so, yeah, I just it just feels the most raw and authentic me is like a post-workout. And that's when I feel the most beautiful. I love that. It's been such a joy to talk to you, Natalie. And I'm just personally so inspired by your story and just your dedication to yourself and to the game and to your family. It's really incredible. Thanks so much for having me, bro. I love chatting with her. I will henceforth be referring to my makeup as doing the measures. I think that's so smart. Next, we're going to hear from Arielle Atkins. What a just a real like when we talk about the people that really love beauty, when, when you're making your own products, when you figured out like your perfect mix. And can I tell you the skin flawless? We met over Zoom, both of them flawless skin, great beauty advice, but the nails being done. I mean, let me not spoil it. Let's hear from Arielle. All right, Arielle, I'm so excited to speak to you. By the way, are you just coming from practice? Yeah. Are you so tough? Like, like, what are those practices like? Like, how long is practice and how do you feel after? Practice isn't really long, like during the season, because our schedule is like so compact. We're playing games. So there may be an hour and a half tops, but we get a lot done in that hour and a half. I can only imagine. Well, I'm so excited to chat with you and have a conversation about all things beauty, which do you get to talk about beauty a lot in your interviews and the press that you do? No, I don't. So I'm super excited to do this. I don't honestly like probably at all, if I'm being honest. Well, okay. That's why, because there's so many specific skincare things and hair things. And I want to get into your locks here. I know you grew up in Texas. Texas yeah. is known for its beauty culture. Where in Texas are you from? And what was your relationship to beauty growing up? So I'm originally from Duckville, Texas, which is a suburb about two exits up from Dallas. Um, so I definitely just understand I'm from Dallas and go with it. Uh, my family's born and bred out of Dallas. So it's uh, it's in me inside and out. Uh, with the beauty culture, I'll be honest, I'm not 
too keen on what the beauty culture was like because I've been an athlete from a young age. So I was never able to kind of really like get into makeup, I guess you could say, because my mom's not super into makeup. My older sister's not super into makeup and I just wanted to do everything they did, right? So I didn't really get into makeup until I got a little older and I just wanted to kind of figure out more just kind of like the natural scene. Like I'm definitely a natural girl. And part of it, I feel like is because I play sports and I just always felt like it will be a lot to put on, take off, put on, take off. And I have sensitive skin, so I couldn't really get into too many different things. And look at your skin just glowing and flawless, prob- probably from all those years of not clogging it up with makeup <laughs> and trying to do sports. And your nails are also gorgeous. Are you are you a nail girl? Are you into Thank nails? you. I am a nail girl. They're always done. Work with camera. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. We've got like an Olympic gold medalist and, and a WNBA player with perfect nails that are always done. So I really have no excuse to be walking around with my nails undone. I'm like, I'm dizzy. It's whatever flows your boat. Oh, and are you a Leo? I am a Leo. Okay, getting August 3rd. I just celebrated my birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) So do you relate with the kind of stereotype of Leos? Uh, I would say yes. People that know me, with 100% say yes. But I think just kind of like to the to the world, I come off as kind of like this shy, like go with the flow type of person. Like I am, but I feel like I'm a rebel at heart for sure. Pretty much my way or the highway. It's kind of how I feel most of that time. Um, and I can't be a little bossy. Yeah, the, the control thing is very, very real. It, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, yes. So Glossier reaches out to you to be part of their campaign. And you said that you don't get to talk about beauty often. Were you so excited when they first reached out? Uh, I was so excited because Glossier is like super, they're like minimal and you be you, you know, type of brand. And that just resonates with me so much. Yeah. And I'm just so, so surprised that beauty brands, skincare companies especially, haven't tapped into, you know, women like you that are incredible spokespeople and have so many fans and such a large audience and platform as brand ambassadors. It's kind of shocking. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, when you think about WBA and kind of the history of it, it, a lot of brands have been shocking to me that we haven't been able to partner with or just haven't been reached out or reached to, you know, it's a, it's, it's interesting. I'll say it's interesting. (laughs) That's a very political answer. I think we have a lot more work to do on that front and probably a lot of it comes down to just straight up sexism. But this is this is the beginning of something I think very, very exciting. How did your passion for basketball develop? I know you said you were always playing sports, but how did you know, okay, that basketball is it for me? And then did you know you eventually wanted to be in the WNBA? Like, did you think that far ahead? Yeah. So I definitely didn't think that far ahead when I started up. Like, I just loved it. I got to hang out with my friends. I've had the same group of friends since I was like four years old. So I got to hang out with my friends. We got snacks after every game. I like got to go to like sleepovers. My friends got to come to my house. For me, it was really just like I enjoy being a part of like a basketball team. And then kind of as I got older, I began to realize that I really enjoyed working out. I enjoyed getting better. I enjoyed figuring out like, oh, this is what I need to do or this is what I don't need to do. And I think just over time, honestly, I love the competitiveness of the game, but I love what basketball can help bring to you. Like basketball really brought me out of my shell in the sense of when I'm on the court, I get to be emotional. I get to be riled where I get to like be myself and when it comes to like coaches and different people that you meet like there's been so many people that's poured into me and has helped me get to that next level every time I feel like you know like oh I'm doing good somebody will come in and be like oh but this isn't it like there's more that you can reach for so I've always had like amazing people like I say it all the time I am extremely blessed I've had amazing coaches in my life amazing people in my life my parents like they 
they always just push me, you know, to enjoy the game and to love it and to do what I do and, and be myself within it. So I think the biggest thing as far as like when you talk about passion, like I just started falling in love with it. Like I just enjoy every aspect of the game of basketball, really. Well, you're incredibly humble because I hear you giving a lot of credit to coaches and people around you. And lots of people love being on a team, but you have to be good, right? So it wasn't just yeah. that we were. Oh, yeah. You were like, oh, I love being on a team. You have to have skill and ability. When did you realize that you were like better than most of the other people you were playing against and that you could do this professionally? I had an inkling of it in high school and it wasn't because I was just better than everybody. It's just because like I enjoyed the work. I was like, Mm -hmm. and that's what everybody kept telling me. Like, you got to work hard. And I'm like, well, I'm working hard. So uh, apparently it's might take me somewhere. But what I think it was about my junior year of college. I was talking to one of my coaches and I had reached out to a former coach and I talked about like wanting to be a pro and this and that. And she didn't really give me much of kind of like an answer. It was kind of just like focus on where you're at. And I was like, okay, you know, but then I had this other coach that was just like, yeah, no, you're a pro. And I'm like, really? You know, like it was just like, no, you're a pro. There's obviously things that you have to do to get better and to help yourself mm-hmm. get to that next level, but you're a pro. And so I had a couple of few coaches kind of speak that into me and I wanted to play pro, but it just wasn't like, I didn't know because I didn't really know how it worked. You know, like I've always just been a kid that's like, oh, okay, this is the next level. Oh, this is the next thing. You know, like I just enjoy playing and pushing myself to new heights. But it was really around my junior year of college where I was like, oh, like this is a real possibility. Let me lock into this. (laughs) Right. What I'm hearing come through is this discipline that you have and that you've always had. I was looking at this clip. It was, I think, Venus Williams talking about how discipline is the ultimate thing for freedom because she's like, if you just live your life free and you never focus and do anything, you're not going to have any freedom to enjoy. But if Mm -hmm. you're disciplined and that discipline leads to success, that's the ultimate freedom because you're going to live the life that you want to live. But discipline is hard. Like, how do you, like, when you're, I, I know some days you're like, I do not want to practice yeah you like get into that zone and just lock in on what you need to do again i'm giving credit to people here i got people in my life that's just like yeah you gotta do it you know it is what it is like this is the life that you want this is the life that you feel like this is the life that god has blessed you to lead like you know you gotta do it and another big part of it is my habits i am a stickler to like my routine and my habits because on days like the days i don't want to do it i can't kind of go into autopilot enough until i got enough juice to really like pick it up so Definitely my, my habits are so important to me. Yes. They always yeah. know successful people have habits and routines yeah. that they stick to. Want to talk about hair? I want to, I'm going to hear about your lock journey because, you know, for black women, hair and exercise, it becomes this whole thing. Like I want to do a cute mm-hmm. style, but I know I'm going to sweat it out. And mm-hmm. you're always kind of contending with the style you want versus how it's going to keep your hair and scalp healthy and your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So... Is this something that you ever struggled with? Yeah, so I definitely struggled with it. My mom's actually a hairstylist, so she would always want to just be like, hey, let me do something to your hair. And again, I play basketball, so I'm always with the, oh, I'm going to sweat my hair out. Or like, I used to wear my hair pressed for the longest. And it just, that's not a thing, right? So you got a permit in order for it to stay straight. And then even right. then, and it still might puff up. Like, there's a ton of different things. Um, I went through my sewing, my base, love that my sewing, it's got the ombre hair. All these yeah. things, uh, winning got great. I think I was actually in DC and DC is just to me the land of beautiful locks. Like there's so many, so many mm-hmm. gorgeous people with amazing locks. And I was definitely inspired because I wanted locks back when I was home, but I just never like had the guts to just be like, all right, I'm gonna do it. But I was sitting in a chair in DC one day and the lady was braiding my hair and I was like, This is my last time getting my hair braided. We were on like hour before and I was just like, No, like I don't wanna do this anymore. So yeah, it's like as soon as I took those braids out, I gave my hair like maybe a week to breathe and then after that I was 
that come back to my hair. And yeah, it's been about almost four or five years now. Oh my gosh, they're so long. Yeah, thank you. I know they're growing like weeds. Wow. And then did you know you wanted to do color too? So for people that are just listening, you've got this gorgeous kind of like honey blonde moment happening. Did you know you wanted to add color to your locks? So no. So I actually just dyed my hair at the beginning of the year. I came back from a trip working the camp. I was just like, I want to dye my hair. I just want to dye it. And then talk to my mom. Obviously, she's at her house. She's like, make sure you moisturize. I'm like, I'm going to moisturize my hair. We've all seen Lil Wayne's locks. No shade, okay. but the moisturization routine, you know, if you could use someone like your mom helping him out a bit. <laughs> Moisture is extremely important for locks. Yeah. But yeah, my hair was kind of like this copper reddish color. Then kind of just over time, summer hit washing it and now we're at a honey block. I love it. It seems like you're very decisive about your beauty decisions. Like you kind of know what you want and go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, you kind of alluded to it a little bit as a black woman. There's so many things that we just kind of don't have control over. Like we have to like allow our hair to do kind of whatever we want, you know? So I feel like a lot of times, again, and I'm a Leo, when I can control something, I choose to control it. (laughs) Right. Now, I want to hear about how you approach your skin because you mentioned that you have sensitive skin, but I'm going to also imagine you're dealing with like sweat. You're you're dealing with a lot. And I want to know if you've discovered any amazing products that kind of help you like on the court and off the court and like what your kind of go-to skincare products are. So again, my skin is sensitive. So I have to be very cognizant of things with fragrance in it or anything with um, salicylic acid, like things just, just like burn. Like I've burned like my cheeks before and it's from yeah. just like trying out different products and different things. So a lot of my stuff, like it just can't, I can't get the tingly since, you know, like sometimes it feels good to have like some of that. Um, no, but your your instincts are right there. I always tell people, yeah. and my, my dermatologist will back me up on this. They're like, oh, well, I put it on my skin. I like that it tingles. I'm like, that's a reaction. Mm, <laughs> a tingle is yeah. not a good sign. If, if your skin is tingling from a product, probably it's, it's not good that you use it. Okay, but it's so smart that you do fragrance-free and try to keep things gentle. Yeah, as much as I can. And even if there is a fragrance, like it just has to be a super light scent. It just can't be anything heavy. But I do have one product. It's like a hyaluronic moisture by its skin. And mm, yes, I know that product. Know, my skin loves it. Like I was so happy. It was one of those moments I was just at Marshalls and I was like, Hmm. Let me try that. And it's just been great ever since. For Glossier, they have the conditioning face wash. It's super light. It no tingling. Just a nice little wash off in the morning. That's what I normally use like during the day. If it's after practice or after game or in the morning, just because it's light and conditioning, so it moisturizes. And then at night, I use more like Origin stuff because it is kind of stripping, but I can moisturize my face a lot heavier at night. And then kind of this like chamomile oil. I don't know what it's from, but it feels great on my skin. So those are the things that I'm using now. And it's taking me such a long time to figure out a skin routine. So like you say, like I'm sweating all the time. I'm constantly working out and I don't want to constantly wash my face because then it'll get too dry. But so far that's been working for me and I'm sticking with it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and it's, and again, people make excuses for like not washing their face. They say they're too tired. And it's like, okay, if you can do it after the types of <laughs> physical activity you're doing, like I'm sure you've had times where you're like, I am so tired, but you get yeah. washed. You got to do it you got to and you know and you come so far and it's yes. like you know what I don't want to backtrack so let me just get this done right quick yes now do, do you ever do like mascara or any makeup on the court or you just keep it simple and natural it depends it really depends like if I'm doing kind of like a showcase game or something I'll put a little something on but as I'm like playing like with my team and competitive I, I can't I wipe my face too much with my jersey so yeah I can't wear makeup when I play yeah that totally makes sense forgive mm-hmm. my ignorance what is a showcase game 
Yeah, that's not a real term. It's just something I kind of threw out there. So if I'm doing like the foundation game, like where you would do something, the foundation is hosting a celebrity game or an all-star game or just something where it's not as like competitive and it's more just like fun where you just kind of like out there shooting every other than sweating, but not too much. Like, yeah. It seems like the WNBA has been always very deserving of attention and full of all of these very talented athletes, but it feels like there's kind of more interest lately or more people paying attention to the league, which is great, finally. But have you seen the culture around and in the league change? And do you feel like it's starting to get the attention it deserves? Yeah, I definitely feel like there's more attention. I won't necessarily say the attention it deserves because when I think of the attention it deserves, I think dollar signs. And Mm -hmm. that's something that we're still fighting for like we're still fighting for charter flights we're still fighting for our own spaces to practice you know like there's a lot of things that kind of come with actual attention but we love the we love the views we love the conversations around the w i mean we love that people are putting their eyes on it um because it's a great product i mean i'm a part of it i love it as one of the 144 we take care of this league we take care of our bodies you know we do the best that we can to put a great product out on the floor but when you talk about attention Money, like dollar signs. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I really commend Glossier for seeing the opportunity and partnering with you all in this way. It seems to me just like so obvious. And for, you know, anyone listening yeah. from a brand, what do you want them to understand about, you know, the WNBA and, and the players? 10 times out of 10, there is a woman in our league that either uses your brand, knows something about it or would represent your brand really well. Our league is insanely diverse when it comes to personalities and character and people and the things that we're interested in. There's so many different personalities and people in this league. So when brands are like, oh, we don't know if it will fit, it will. You are preaching right now. I hope that people yeah. really heard that and, and felt that. You talked about taking care of your body. So important. Mm-hmm. Nutrition. Another thing that you have to work out to figure out over time. Yeah. What are the foods that you eat to support your athleticism? I eat everything, if I'm being honest. I eat and we'll we love that. That's the chef. My brother cooks with really well. Dennis is chef? Oh my God. Yeah. You talk about your parents. Like your dad yeah. is chef, your mom's a hairdresser. Like yeah. this is, yeah, this is like the dream. Up. That's the dream, right? That's a great life growing up for sure. Yes. Yeah. You love food and you eat mm-hmm. everything, even the bad stuff, even the donuts. Even the bad the stuff. Okay. I, mean, I don't eat it a ton, but I, I will eat it. For sure. Okay. What do you eat like on game day? On game day, some type of carb. So I don't necessarily break it out into food. For me, it's like type of food, food groups, how to enter my body and fuel me, right? So I'm heavy on carbs on the day before games and the day of games. Mild protein, like just a little bit. Probably if I'm at home and I'm cooking myself something, I'm probably going to make some pasta or some chicken or rice with some type of vegetable. Or my favorite right now is like a teriyaki salmon bowl. It's just so good. Like it's refreshing. It's good. It fuels me and it's light on stomach. Yes. Okay. I love those answers and I feel inspired for my dinner tonight. <laughs> you do a lot and you're busy and you know, in addition to your life on the court, you've got a personal life. How do you practice self-care? Like what does self-care look like for you? Honestly, I'm still figuring out how to balance all this out. Um, it's life is a journey, you know, but I think a small step for me is definitely 
just find a little positive time to myself. Um, I'm normally with my team a ton, especially during the season. So just find a little time to myself to get to a corner and, and read or write. Part of it is washing my face. Like that is a big moment for me to myself. Be washing my face, my shower time. It's just my time to like be compressed, chill, relax. And during the season, there's not too many large pockets where I can just like go to a cabin or something. I love being outside. Um, so anytime I can just get outside, uh, time to read, talk to my family, wash my face, take a long hot shower. Yes. I'm good. Yes. Such an underrated activity, right? Oh, it's like a long, hot shower. The best part of my day, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any in-shower products you love, like a certain body wash or a razor or a body exfoliator that you love? Oh, man, I love so like the loofah, but when it's just kind of not scratched up, it's kind of like more of a cloth. Uh, it uh, like exfoliates. That has been so helpful with my skin and just making it softer. Then with body wash, I'm kind of going in between body washes right now because I'm trying to figure out kind of what I want like my scent to be. Again, I'm not having off fragrance. So I got to be cognizant of that. But I don't have like a specific body wash. Try to go with castle soap because I'm definitely into like more of a nature things. It does dry my skin out. So mm. that, you know, are you diluting it though? The Dr. Bronner's, are you doing the dilute, dilute, that, dilute that they say? Clearly not enough because it is drying my skin. Out. Yeah, you got it. You got to dilute. But yeah, I, I hear you on like not wanting the fragrance to be like overpowering and, and mm-hmm. doing the body exfoliation mitt. Now, moisturization for your hair, what are your go-to? What are you washing your hair with? Definitely. So I'll make my own like rose water. I found this one video okay. that was really, yeah. So my hairstylist out in DC, she's really into making her own products and different things like that. So she makes her own oil, which is like the lemongrass oil. It is the best. I love it so much. It's great. But definitely to put the moisture in first. I definitely make some type of like rose water with a little bit of glycerin, maybe a little bit of aloe. Wow. Okay. And, All right. yeah. the, way that, the way that I'm so impressed right now, <laughs> like, like <laughs> the fact that you do all of this in terms of your self-care and skincare and beauty routine while still doing all that you do is amazing to me. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I want to try your rose water. So you do glycerin. Yeah. What else do you put in there? Glycerin, a little bit of aloe. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I just, you know. Those are good moisturizing. You bo- yeah. boiling the petals like, wow. Like, what time do you wake up in the morning? <laughs> I just, I, I need your discipline. I need your I need your life routine and energy. Yeah. I, so my body wakes up around from like seven to eight. And that's if like, I don't have anything to do that day. But there are some days where like, if we have an off day, I make sure there's no alarms. I make sure there's no light coming in. There's nothing. So hopefully I sleep maybe like eight to 10 hours on those days, which I wake up and I'm just like, yes, got to rest. Yes. Also an underrated self-care routine just to sleep mm-hmm. for like nine hours and just feel so much better the next day. I would love to know if you have any makeup faves. Like, have you discovered a waterproof mascara that doesn't run? Or do you have like a lip color that you love if you want to do a bold look? So there's, um, it's not a lip gloss. It's not a lip stain. I want to say it's a lipstick by Glossier. I don't know the color of it, but it's more of like a pinkish red. And I don't oh, kind of for my lipstick. I use it oh. for blush. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I know exactly the, the product that you're talking about. It's kind of like a blotted, soft mm-hmm. blush of color. It may even be yes. zip. It's definitely a lipstick or a lip stain, but I use it for blush because it, it just looks great on my face. You're not the first person that I've heard that uses the Glossier Generation G lipstick. It's like a mm-hmm. sheer matte lipstick, but you can use it on your cheeks. Yeah. I'm going to that tip. I'm going to try that. It's great. I'm definitely going to try that. So you've talked to me about your self-care routine and what you do on the court, <laughs> boiling rose petals to make <laughs> to make products, which I find so 
so, so impressive. But I'd love to hear, when do you feel you're most beautiful? I would definitely have to say when I wake up in the morning and like after I've washed my face and like done my face routine and I just take like that deep breath before I start my day. And yes, like my skin looks great, but that's where I feel like the most energized. I feel the most me. Like there's nothing that's entered my mind. Nothing has entered my heart. I haven't read anything. I haven't looked at my phone. It's just like, it's a huge, like, this is me moment. And that's what I feel most beautiful is when I'm just like me, I guess, all the way through and through. Yeah, it's that like blank canvas of, of the morning. Mm-hmm. You're just with yourself. Yes. That's the best. Yeah, I love that. And as a Leo, I relate. I feel like there's a lot of Leo kinship. Um, yeah. and, and I'm very inspired by you. So I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. For sure. I love it. I still love talking to her and I love the discipline and motivation it takes to kind of get after what you want. And speaking of having guts to go after what you want, you're going to hear from Roya now about how she even ended up working at Glossier, which I think is such an incredible conversation. But she just gives so much color to how this partnership came to be. Roya, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you on Naked Beauty and also just like give the listeners a little bit of behind the scenes on how this all came about. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I had a friend over earlier who worked at Glossier for a few years, Elizabeth Tadak, and she was like, oh my gosh, you're talking to Roya? Like, tell her his head. But everyone I've ever met that has anything to do with Glossier knows you, loves you. So I'm like, how, how long have you been with the company? That is too kind. I've been at the company for, it'll be five years this fall. Okay, and clearly have made uh, made a big impact. What is your position at Glossier? Well, it's funny you say impact because that's in my job title. So <laughs> I lead social impact and brand partnerships at Glossier. It looks a lot different every single day, but it's working to get the company to do more good and fulfill its mission every single day, working with incredible brand partners like the WNBA and bringing those collaborations to life. That's such a dream position for so many people. What got you interested in work like this? You're going to laugh because this is a wild story. Let's rewind to October 2018. Mike career was all about social impact, doing good. I was on the nonprofit side thing. I was at a big foundation for a while. And then I was at Chobani, the yogurt company, working with the founder on his philanthropic work. And he's incredible. Yes, we love Hamdi. He's so special. And one day I was putting on cloud paint thinking that I wanted to work at Glossier. I looked at the jobs page. There was nothing that kind of struck my fancy. There's nothing for me. And two hours later in Soho, I run into Emily Weiss on the street and I say, I have to, I have to talk to her. And I walk up to her and I tell her, hi, Emily, I'm Roya. I'm wearing cloud paint. I'm wearing Halo Scope. I'm wearing boy brow. <laughs> I'm really a fan of the brand, but I'm curious, what are you doing to give back? And wow. Emily raised her eyebrow at me and she said, honestly, we're not doing much, but I wish we did more. I think I think we should do more. And I said, if you want to do more, you should hire me. And then, of course, her eyebrows raised even more and she interviewed me on the spot. And I asked for a selfie together thinking, you know, if nothing else, let me just remember that I had the guts to kind of ask her on the street for a job and we'll see what comes of it. She gave me her email and I sent her an email that day with five ideas for what the company should do. I don't know. If there's any real opportunity, but you know, thinking best case scenario, maybe they ask her my feedback on something. I don't hear back for a few days. I'm like putting all the vibes in, telling my mom to pray, like getting getting all the aunties in line, hoping that something comes together. And then a week later, she gets back to me. I'm so sorry for the delay. Please meet me and my chief of staff next week. And I show up to the office with a five-slide presentation, glossy font, in a pink pouch, and a glossy shopping bag. This is who I am. This is why this work is important. This is why I'm qualified for the role. 
This is how we're going to make it reflect your values. And this is how we'll set our priorities in the first year and beyond. I had the most intense job interview of my life, which then turns to more job interviews, which turns to the creation of a job. And five years later, here I am still here. Yes, Roya, I have to give it up to you. That is incredible. (laughs) But listen, hearing you speak, it like when I talked to the WNBA players and I heard about their discipline, their determination to get after it, like as you talk to the women of the WNBA throughout this campaign, did you just feel like this kinship? Like, okay, I, I don't play on the court, but like this level of intensity, knowing what you want and having the discipline to get it. I feel like that's you all day. I love them partially for that reason. It's like I have this affinity because I know what it's like to be kind of the underdog. I know what it's like to be in the minority. I know what it's like to kind of have to like hustle and fight to get what you deserve. And they're doing that every single day as probably as long as they've been playing the sport. And so, of course, I'm cheering for them. And I think if you think about even Glossier's origin as an underdog, a kind of unexpected brand, it makes sense that we're teaming up with this league that is also has been a super disruptive force. But People weren't betting on them for for a very long time, and they they deserve all of the support that we can possibly give them and more. Yes. I mean, this partnership between Glossier and the WNBA, how did it come about? Because it makes so much sense. And then you see it and you're like, this is brilliant. But to even have that like idea, like where did, where did it all originate from? This started back in 2020. And... The pandemic was well underway and the W players were in the wobble or this bubble and they were all practicing and working in the same facility and keeping each other safe the best that they could. And we were relaunching an extension of our Body Hero franchise with a dry oil mist, an exfoliating soap bar. And we thought who would be the best partner to work with? And when we think about heroes and body heroes, we thought about women athletes and the W in particular especially for what they were all doing at that point in time where it was so much uncertainty. They were playing and they were working hard. We reached out to a few players and initially it started with conversations with players. And then we thought, why don't we approach the league? Let's see what they think. We had a conversation with them. Well, it turns out many beauty brands don't typically approach them or they hadn't in the past because of that. Again, they're the underdog. People aren't necessarily thinking of them top of mind when it comes to beauty. And it's ironic because we'll see players with a full beat and a full set of lashes on the court, let alone off court, they're killing it. And so we had this amazing conversation with the W and they completely understood our mission and our history and our story. We felt that kinship with them. It made sense to team up. And at the time we teamed up, we were their first ever beauty partner, which is unreal to me. In decades of the league's existence, Glossy and the league teamed up in 2020 and started with this body hero campaign. And the mantra there was, I deserve this. And it was players taking care of themselves and saying, I deserve this. And that resonated with our customers. It resonated with W fans and fans of those athletes in particular. And we knew that this wasn't going to be a one and done situation. And so we signed on to be their beauty partner back then before the campaign launched. And three years later, we are launching our newest product in a really exciting one, Stretch Complexion, in partnership with the W who are the stars of our campaign. And we thought about the concept of stretching and who stretches and how. And yes, literally, these women stretch before a game, before and after, but they're also stretching between a million different identities. As Natalie mentioned, I'm sure she's a mother, she's a worker, she's an entrepreneur, she's playing basketball. Ariel, the same. They're stretching between all sorts of different roles in their lives. And we wanted to celebrate that and give voice to that through this campaign. Incredible. And the creative for the campaign is just absolutely beautiful. They look 
like models, you know, just the the way that they show up in the video, the way that the images show up. I was so happy to have a chance to talk to Ariel and Natalie and also get their perceptions of what it was like being on set. What was it like for you watching the players on set for the stretch complexion campaign? You touched upon it so well. Our team kept looking at each other and we said, I cannot believe these are not professional models. We're dealing with professional athletes here. These women are beautiful. They're so inspiring. They're so kind. They're so cool and cool in the way of being nice and compassionate and caring about things. They were having fun getting their nails done, getting their hair done, doing makeup. And one of the most special things was some of these group photo shots that we took of them and they're hugging and laughing and giggling like they're old friends. And mind you, these are competitors. They play for different teams. I don't know that we would see this from, you know, like NJ and Dennis Rodman or anyone who's like against each other. But here they are and they all know that they're in this together. The amount of care and compassion and joy that was felt on that day was one of the most special experiences I will ever, ever have in my career. I can only imagine it was so gratifying to see it all come together. And I just really commend Glossier for jumping into this opportunity because I agree. I think that these are some of the most inspiring role models we've got in the, like, not just in sports, but like across entertainment, sports, everything. These women are truly superheroes. Like I am blown away by how much they even accomplish in a single day, right? Like from going from practice to sitting to talking to me to then Natalie's taking care of her four month old. Really amazing. Last question for you. I would love to know any lesson or takeaway or just moment of inspiration that you've learned or gained from being in conversation with the athletes. I think there's so many. It's hard to pick one. Ariel said this in her interview with our team when we were asking them questions to just talk about being so much more than I am more than the player. I'm more than the jersey. I'm more than the team that I rep. I'm more than being a mother or a caretaker or a daughter. And I think we don't celebrate our athletes, especially women athletes, for their nuanced identities and backgrounds. It's like, you've got to be a star. You've got to be a best. You've got to be good on the court. But they're full, whole people well beyond that. And that was kind of the one of the goals of our campaign to try to convey all of the beautiful nuances of this crew of women and the W in, in general. So I hope that comes across. And I'm just so grateful that they are such an incredible partner to us and can't wait to do more with them. And we can't wait to see more. And thank you for the opportunity to do these interviews. I certainly walked away incredibly inspired. And I love that just thought around. We are so much more than one thing. We have to stretch and fit into multiple hats and multiple roles. And you've got to kind of keep it graceful stretching between all of those things. So I love it. You're nailing it. I mean, the campaign tagline is stretch beyond expectation. So there you are. Perfect. Thank you so much, Roya, for giving us the background on how this campaign came to be and really excited to see how this partnership evolves. An honor to chat with you. Thank you, Brooke. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence, every inch, stitch, 
Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I hope you all found these conversations as inspiring as I did and picked up some great beauty advice along the way. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my producer and BA Kasanga for putting together this episode. I will be back next week with a new episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.